42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am Nick Morris, and with me, as always, is my good friend. I said always, but he's back. But we're back together for the first time in two weeks. My good friend and proud Harson supporter, Justin Knight. Justin, welcome back on the show. Yep. I'm going to ride or die for old Harson. He's the man. That's right. Good deal. We're going to talk all about him. Auburn, Alabama. A lot of a lot of games this week, actually. We're going to talk about Arkansas and A&M, Oklahoma State and Kansas State, Florida, Tennessee, Miss, uh, Ole Miss, Tulsa, Texas, and Texas Tech. But first, as always, we have to get into the news of the week, Justin. Not a lot of mm. it this week. I try to keep it short during the season, but we, we got a little bit. Yeah, we love that. We love that. How's your week going? Oh, uh, you know, just another week, you know. Um, I think it's going to be long. It's going to be a long rest of the year. Let's just say that. Okay, well that's fun. Uh, mine was good too. Thank you for asking. So yeah, I really, I really didn't care. That's why I didn't ask. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. fun. Let's get into the news. So, though. Alabama offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, Kansas head coach Lance Leipold, and Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell are reportedly all on Nebraska uh, head coaching shortlist. They're all on the radar there. Who do you think out of those would be the best candidate to be Nebraska's next head coach, as if it matters either way? Yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't think any of them would want to go there. Um, I don't Campbell know. Probably, probably though. Yeah, probably Iowa State's coach, if I had to yeah. guess. Um, I don't really know anything about Kansas' coach. They've had a great start to the season. I hadn't really played anybody, but um, yeah, and I don't know if... Bill O'Brien's really looking for a college head head coaching job. I think he's trying to get his way back into the NFL at some point. I think I think you're right. I think um, I think he doesn't like being back in college. I think he he wants to get no. back in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. He's it's, he's got to hate it. Yeah, it'd be hard going from a NFL head coach to a analyst and then an offensive coordinator in college. It's yeah, it definitely. I'm sure feels like a demotion. So I'm sure he's trying to get back into the. The big league there. Uh, maybe you will before too long. I guess we'll have to wait and find yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see. I see a lot of people, they're always complaining about Bill O'Brien, so I don't know. Speaking about people complaining, uh, a piece came out this week by Aaron Suttles with The Atlantic, the Atlantic uh, claiming numerous high school football coaches with big talent, big recruits, have claimed that Brian Harson has been absent on the recruiting trail, just sending over other uh, coaches or no one at all. Um, I mean, it is in the middle of the season. I get why he wouldn't be hitting every single high school, but it does seem to be sort of an alarming pattern that maybe a lot of these guys, especially in the area, are being overlooked. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see. I'm, I've heard um, his re- recruiting style is obviously different for the South, Southeast, um, from what he had over out West with uh, Boise, um, and it just hasn't worked. As we can tell, it was last year's recruiting class, and I think how it is right now. Um, so yeah, that's that's never a good sign if you can't get that ball rolling. Then, because um, at least you know, you know, Malzahn was a good recruiter. He just couldn't develop any of his players. But now right. we got a coach who doesn't look like anybody's really developing a lot right now, and you can't recruit. Yeah, that's he doesn't have much longer. <laughs> I feel like we should both say that coming into the season, we were both very much Brian Harson supporters. I thought he was good. Yeah, I, I still – and I like the guy. Um, yeah. I think he's a good coach, but I, I think agree. now we're starting to see that his schemes and his way of doing things is just not working. And that's fine. Yeah. It happens. Um, time, I, in my opinion, it's probably just time to go ahead and start looking for somebody else unless he does some miracle and um, wins the rest of his games this year. But and we'll talk about it later. But if yesterday went any different, he would have already been gone. Yeah, I think so too. I think if they lost that game, that he may be gone. Um, 
and they should have lost. We'll talk more about it, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah, I just I don't know. I like I like Carson. I think he is a good coach, like you said. I think he's probably a good guy. I just don't think it's a good fit, and I'm not sure that no. I'm. I'm not sure that they should go ahead and buy him out and pay him 15 million by any means. But if you're going to move on, maybe maybe just move on. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about it more. Speaking of Harson, though, his name has been linked as a person of interest for the open Arizona State coaching job. You think we could see Harson bail on Auburn to take that that gig? He wouldn't get his fifteen million though, would he? No, I don't think he. I think even if he takes it after getting fired, he wouldn't get his fifteen million. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Um, and usually, in those contracts, you can't coach anywhere else for a, a limited amount of time to make sure yeah. you get all of your money. I don't know. It just depends. I mean, he seems like a guy who really, you know, loves coaching, loves football, and. Arizona State probably would be a good fit now with the recruiting violations that they're about to be hit with. I mean, they're about to get hit hard from what was going on over there. Um, There wouldn't be any pressure. I think it would be a good spot for them. What what jobs do you think Harson would be a good fit for? I don't I don't think an SEC job just from anywhere out west. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's got to be out west. It just fits. Like I said, fits his style better. I think he um, recruiting is different out there, especially with who. Depends on who you're coaching. Like, um, probably with Boise, he didn't have to recruit as hard. I mean, Boise has been the best team in the Mountain West. Not recently. There's other teams that are outperforming them now at the moment. But for a while, especially when he was there, I mean, they were the best team in the Mountain West, and it was easy to recruit people there. I agree. Yeah, I don't know that um, that Boise would welcome him back by any means they may. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, that is – I think he – Probably that's the kind of football he's used to. That's the kind of football he has coached all his life. So it makes sense that that's be what he would uh, his strength would be in. Yeah. LSU has been placed on probation for one year, while former offensive line coach James Craig has been given a three-year show cause order following an investigation into level two recruiting violations that occurred during the extended COVID-19 recruiting dead period. The program also faces several self-imposed penalties, including a $5,000 fine and a reduction in official visits for the 2022-2023 calendar year. Of course, this would have been yep. before Brian uh, Kelly came onto the scene, so that usually makes makes it uh, less of a severe punishment once a new coaching staff is in order. Why punish those guys for something the last staff did? But yeah. I guess you have to lay out something to make sure it doesn't continue happening. You know, so not a huge yeah, and uh, means, won't hurt them. I mean, LSU's not making the playoff anytime soon, so yeah, probably not. Probably not. Maybe next year, the year after. Mm, we no. keep saying that for Jimbo Fisher, and that hasn't worked out so far, has it? Yeah, they keep getting lucky. They shouldn't have won yesterday. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. But anyway, Justin, we need to probably move on to our next segment. Miss Managers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad. Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had. Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers. Audacity and specialty and used to drive you mad. It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world of world of mismanagers. I have a few good stories for us this week, Justin. Some weird news of the mm. week. Last okay. week I did this segment on my own. It just wasn't as fun telling these stories with no, no reaction. Don't like to be it. Honest. So, yeah, I'm glad that uh, glad you're back here with me. This one comes from APNews.com. Woman who brought raccoon to North Dakota bar has been charged. A woman charged who brought what? well, a woman who brought a wild raccoon into a North Dakota bar, which prompted state health officials to issue a warning about potential rabies exposure is facing uh. criminal charges. Uh, Aaron Christensen, 38 years old of Maddox, is charged with misdemeanor counts of providing false information to law enforcement, tampering with physical evidence, and unlawful oh. possession of fur bearers. Fur bearers, okay. Is that the is that the official word there, unlawful possession of fur bearers? Surely not. Surely that's not the actual name of the crime, right? Yeah, I don't know. At first, I thought it was just because she was bringing a raccoon into a bar, and I'm like, they got to have better things to do than worry about that. But <laughs> the tampering of evidence and then possible rabies, yeah, I think, I guess. 
spiraling downward there. Well, Christensen was arrested last week after authorities found her and the raccoon by serving several search warrants in and around Maddox. She said her family found the raccoon on the side of the road about three months ago, named it Rocky, and said they were nursing the animal back to health with plans to release it back into the wild. It is illegal under North Dakota Board of Animal Health Laws to keep a wild raccoon. Authorities euthanized the animal cheese and it tested negative for rabies. Well, that's good. No rabies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, had to kill it, though. That's uh, stuff. Oh, they so, killed it. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, they euthanized that. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, though. This comes from APNews.com as well. A trail of slime leads German customs to a bag of giant snails. People and their animals. It's getting weirder yeah, and weirder. Yeah, and snails. Interesting. Yeah. German customs officials say a trail of slime led them to a stash of almost 100 giant African land snails and other items hidden inside bags at Dusseldorf Airport this month. Authorities said officials stumbled over one of the snails on a baggage truck, initially thought it was a toy until it started moving. Following the trail left by the 20 centimeter, which is about 8 inch snail, they found a bag with a hole with another snail already peeping out of it, possibly preparing a, di- a dash for freedom. In total, yeah, officials found a, six bags containing 93 snails. It's 28, uh, a slow dash for of, them. Yeah. <laughs> 62 pounds of fish and smoked meat and a suitcase full of rotting meat. All had been imported from Nigeria and were destined for an African goods store in western Germany. Odd. Very odd. Yeah. I think. African land snail. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. We have another one from APNews.com. If you don't mind me doing so, Justin. This one. Oop, I pulled up the same one. Excuse me, Justin. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. wow. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. This one comes from APNews.com as well. Beyond Meat exec accused of biting man's nose outside a game. Now, what game? Uh, we're about to find out. He won't eat meat, but he will eat a human's face. He'll eat somebody's nose. Yeah, an executive of a vegan food products company has been charged with felony battery and making a terroristic threat after a fracas outside of a football game, which is accused of biting a man's nose. Beyond Meat Chief Operations Officer Doug Ramsey has been accused of road rage attack outside Saturday's game between the Arkansas Razorbacks and Missouri State Bears in Arkansas. Jeez. Uh, a police report says the 53-year-old Fayetteville man attacked another man who tried to inch in front of him in a parking garage traffic lane and made contact with a wheel on Ramsey's uh, sport utility vehicle. A police officer responding to the reported disturbance arrived to find, quote, two males with bloody, bloody faces, unquote. After speaking with Ramsey, the other man had a, and a witness, um, the officer determined that Ramsey had gotten out of his SUV and, quote, punched through the back windshield, unquote, of the other car, the driver of the other vehicle said he emerged from his car and Ramsey, quote, pulled him in close and started punching his body, unquote, and also, quote, bit the owner's nose, ripping the flesh off the tip of the nose, unquote. Mm. Okay. Uh, that man and the witness also reported hearing Ramsey threaten to kill the man. Beyond Meat has not responded to messages from the station and the Associated Press seeking comment. Wild. These people are nuts. Yeah, that's, a, that's an intense fight, I think gonna bite somebody's nose off so it's, uh, it's wild also to punch through mm. a back windshield those things are tough that's uh that's how you break your hand i'd say Crazy. so yeah yeah last story of the day comes from huffington post fda warns against using nyquil as a chicken marinade have you heard about this justin the trend right now to uh to marinate no i haven't heard I, i'm glad i haven't it's yeah. I, I don't understand people have lost yeah. their minds well, the, F- the FDA has offered Americans some food for thought. It's a bad idea to use NyQuil as a chicken marinade. Federal agencies really? are obligated to issue the warning in light of a social media challenge encouraging people to cook chicken in NyQuil and other cough medicine. If you've seen a picture of this, Justin, it's like a blue, bluish-green chicken. But it's a grilled chicken. why? See, so here's, here's the issue we've come to now as a society. That who in the world decided to come up with this in the first place and then the fact that it's on tiktok is already a terrible thing people are going to copy it no matter what if someone kills somebody on tiktok that's going to start a new challenge where you go and kill somebody so that doesn't surprise me if people are copying this um 
I just want to know, yeah, the why. Who in the world started this? And then why are people just stupid at this point? Nobody, everybody didn't lost, you know, lost any sense. Well, this article gives a theory as to why these trends take off. So this says, why are teens most likely to participate in bizarre, potentially dangerous stunts on social media? According to healthchildren.org, the uh, prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that handles rational thought, isn't fully developed until a person is in their mid-20s. This is why teens tend to be more impulsive than adults and why they may be more likely to succumb to the power of social media, which rewards... But that's such a lame excuse, though. (laughs) There's something so obvious like this. Like, obviously, you're not going to put NyQuil in your chicken. You're not going to marinate it in it. (laughs) Or like the Tide Pod Challenge, where people were eating Tide Pods. Uh, that's such a lamp over oh, well, their frontal lobe. It's just not quite developed yet. So they're going to do things like jump off a building or eat a Tide Pod. Or, I mean, that's so lame. Such a terrible excuse. The FDA's release notes that the idea of cooking chicken and cough syrup is silly and unappetizing, but it is also potentially dangerous. They say, boiling a medication can make it much more concentrated and changes properties in other ways. <laughs> Even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication's vapor while cooking could cause high levels of the drugs to enter your body could also hurt your lungs but simply someone Jeez. can take a dangerously high amount of the cough and cold medicine without even realizing it interesting <sighs> good stuff a tweet here says why would they call it nyquil chicken and not a robitussery that's a good a robitussery <laughs> <laughs> um, all right well we do have to go to break but when we come back we're going to actually get into talking about football all the big games of the weekend so stay tuned You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back, everyone, to The Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris. With me is Justin Knight. Well, hello. And we are about to talk about all the biggest games of the week, starting with Alabama and Vandy. Now, to be honest, this wasn't the most interesting game of the week. is No Alabama game Shocker. so far really has been. But Alabama has opened SEC play with a 55-3 win over Vanderbilt. 4-0 now on the season, and Bryce Young had his first 300-yard passing game of the year. He actually finished with 385 yards and four touchdowns uh, and on 25 completions of 36 attempts, only really playing the first half, 316, I believe, of those yards came in the first half. The, uh, some change there. Yeah, something like before, that. Before Jalen Milrow took over for him. We haven't got to see a lot of Jalen Milrow, what he can really do yet. He had six attempts yesterday, four completions for just uh, just 10 yards. And we saw a Ty Simpson for one pass. He completed that one for five yards. It's been the Bryce Young show, though. Uh, he, is, uh, he is definitely trying to make another case for another Heisman run. And um, and he is the offense right now. Of course, he has a lot of help from his receivers catching the ball. Uh, Brooks, he had six receptions, 117 yards, two touchdowns. I believe that is a season high, maybe a career high for him. I can't quite remember. Uh, Holden had 45 yards on three uh, receptions and a touchdown. And Jameer Gibbs also had a touchdown on three receptions, 43 yards there. Running the ball, McClellan has been... Uh, was the star yesterday, 11 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown, but Miller was right behind him with 9 carries, 63 yards and 2 touchdowns. He had more scores, less yards there. Roydell Williams with 4 carries, 27 yards. But like I said, it's there's one stat there that is above everybody else's, and that is definitely the passing stat for Bryce Young. He is, uh, he is carrying the offense. Defense side, though, going well, too. Henry Toa had... Four solo tackles, six total. Will Anderson had five total, three solo, two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. Pretty impressive. Will Anderson also hoping to get a Heisman bid at the end of the year. We'll see how that turns out. But And Will Reichard making both of his field goals and all seven extra points. This could have been a shutout. It, uh, I think Vanderbilt maybe scored on the first drive. On a field yeah, they moved it well in the first drive, and that was it. I yeah. think that's the only time they got past the 50. It may, it very well may have been. Uh, this was a very much a one-sided affair. I was at yeah, the I'm game surprised. there. For... I'm surprised Vandy yeah. didn't go for it there, too, on that first drive. 
knowing yeah. um, who cares. Oh, you're not going to win yeah. the game. Just go ahead and go for it every single time, especially when you're on the other side of the 50. I would just go for it every single time. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. You're, you're not going to win it with field goals. No. Uh, and let's look at some, some comparative stats here. For total yards, Alabama racked up 628, held Vandy to 129, mm. uh, under 130. Not anything going and on. For the I don't know if offense. that was Vandy's starting quarterback or not. I'm try- I don't think that was the same guy that started at Hawaii, uh, the Hawaii game for Vandy, so I don't know um, if they had a new quarterback back there or what. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's um, he it didn't was definitely, definitely a one-sided affair. Not a ton to talk about in this game outside of Bryce Young. Because he was starting to be doubted as maybe a Heisman potential and um, definitely jumped right back into it with that performance. Next week, Alabama is traveling to Arkansas, who is now ranked number 20 in the AP poll, dropping from 10. Um, that's going to be a 2.30 kickoff at CBS. Let's take a look at what the odds are for this game very quickly here. Yeah. Um, Alabama is a 16.5 point favorite. ESPN matchup predictor has the tide as a 93.1% chance of winning. Mm. Yeah, that's probably fair. Probably fair. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty good game next week, better than what those odds say. Um, yeah. I think the only issue for Arkansas is I don't think their defense is very good. Um, I think the offense, like I said, they did well last year keeping up, but I don't know how the offense will do. They'll have to hope for some kind of home field advantage and. The only, yeah, only negative thing I'll have to say about Bryce Young is how he plays on the road. It He didn't play very well against Texas, and then games last year hadn't played very well on the road. So that's the only thing you could say. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could rattle him there. But other than that, I mean, maybe it'll be close for a little bit. I I think it'll be a decent game, but the only issue Arkansas is going to run into is just trying – if they try to play uh, keep up with Alabama, trying to, you know – score with them it's not going to work yeah they are they're, they do not have the offense for that while we're talking about arkansas how about we go ahead and jump into the arkansas texas a&m game texas a&m outlasting arkansas 23 to 21 and a close one one of many close games of the weekend uh for arkansas jefferson was 12 of 19 171 yards two touchdowns and johnson for texas a&m was 11 of 21 151 yards and a touchdown yeah, Arkansas is, uh, honestly, they're pretty balanced between the passing and run game. Uh, Jefferson also is very good on his feet. He had 18 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown, so he accounted for all three of Arkansas's touchdowns. And one thing you need against an Alabama defense is a dual-threat guy, but when it's just all on one guy, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, the next leading rusher was Sanders. He had 17 carries for 68 yards, and... Uh, Receiving like I said, Ar- yeah, they spread Arkansas around, so. really screwed themselves there. I don't know what the heck KJ Jefferson was thinking. They ran a like a QB power play on the four yard line, and the dude tries diving over the line over the line into the end zone. He's like two yards short, so he fumbles the ball, and then A and M picks it up and takes it back for a touchdown. Um, and then of course their kicker. I mean, they still have a chance to win it, and their kicker missed the field goal off the top of the goal post. Never seen that happen before. Yeah, bounce backward. <laughs> Um, that was wild. So, yeah, that was one of those games I think Arkansas should have won. A&M, I'm still not impressed with them. Even even with these two wins they've had back-to-back now, that win against Miami sure ain't showing nothing because Miami just lost to Middle Tennessee. So that doesn't right. really say anything about A&M. And um, I, I just, I'm not impressed with A&M's offense. I think, like I said yesterday, they kind of lucked into that victory with the mistakes by Arkansas. Well, Arkansas did have a chance to take the lead back with about a minute 30 left in the game. But Cam Littles, like you said, 42-year-old yard field goal attempt, hit the top of the upright. That is, <laughs> that was wild. Uh, fluttered to the ground. The end zone, no good. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I guess if it, if it flies over the top of the field goal, they just give it, it's yeah. a, yeah. it's good, yeah. So Right. Yeah, mm. if, it, if it bounces off the top, no Weird. good now. So. Although A&M has back-to-back wins over ranked teams since uh, that loss to Appalachian State two weeks ago. Um, like you said, that Miami game not meaning a lot anymore, but we'll see. Where does Texas A&M play next? Let's take a, let's take a peek where the Yankees are going. Arkansas, of course, has is hosting Alabama. 
Texas oh, so, is traveling to Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. and Mississippi State's a one-point favorite too. Oh, very good, very good. I, yeah, I think. Uh, me too, and I think um, Mississippi State uh, does look pretty good. I mean, I, Mississippi State they screwed themselves in the LSU game. Uh, yeah, I guess it was last weekend. But offensive-wise, we know Mississippi State strong, especially with uh, Rodgers at quarterback. I think he threw for like six. He's had six passing touchdowns yesterday against Bowling Green. Um, yeah. I think they could – you know, A&M's defense, I will give them credit there. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, but I think Mississippi State's defense has improved. So, I don't know. I mean, you know how Mississippi State is. It seems like big games for them most of the time. They find a way to choke it away. But I, I could see them winning just because they're at home. But – it just depends on how they play on on, on uh, offense. Yeah. Well, we have some other games I want to I want to briefly mention before we get to the Auburn game. So let's let's go through these uh, a little quickly here. Let's start with Kansas State upsetting Oak number six Oklahoma forty one to thirty four. Humiliating, humiliating. Oklahoma, yeah, I was about to say maybe, can't, maybe not. Kansas leaving. State sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma maybe isn't coming to the SEC for money. Maybe they're coming to the SEC to get away from Kansas State because Jeez. forty-one to thirty-four. That's uh, that's a season ender right there. If, if things, you know, I guess they could win out and maybe have a chance at the playoffs, but that's a bad loss. It's not a good oh, loss, yeah, especially at home too. Yeah, that's one that could definitely keep you from the playoffs if you're against someone with a with an even record. Both, uh, you know, so. Total yards, Kansas State put up 509 against Oklahoma. Oklahoma had 550, but it didn't matter when the, uh, mm. the score was what it is. Um, nope. Yeah, and just, I don't even know where their weaknesses is. I mean, 234 yards through the air for Kansas State and 275 yards rushing. That's, uh, just a bad I mean, overall they, defense. Yeah, that's that's a very even, that's what you want. That's You want a balanced offense like that, and that's, that's what they got. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma should be noted also had eleven penalties for eighty-seven yards, mm. and the Kansas State dominated the time of possession, thirty-five minutes and four seconds to just twenty-four minutes fifty-six seconds. So, yeah, you hold onto the ball, you're it's hard to uh, to make a quick comeback, and they were not able to. Kansas so State so. jumped out ahead in the first quarter and and just stayed that way. So, wild, good stuff. Love seeing a good upset, especially early in the season. Always fun. Like I've said. Rankings do not matter until hey. week four. That's when you start to get a feel for things. And then the next one, another uh, team coming to SEC, Texas, also finds a way to lose. Oh, let's talk about that one. Yeah, Texas losing to Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, not a good loss either. 37-34 to hmm. over number 22, Texas. Um, yeah. And let's yeah. put this in perspective, too. Texas Tech beat Houston last weekend or a couple couple weekends ago, and they stormed the field after beating Houston. So if that explains everything, it's yeah. not a good. It's a terrible loss for Texas there. Yeah. Speaking of poor defensive performances, they the Longhorns allowed Texas Tech to um, accumulate 479 yards, 331 of those coming through the air. Remember when Texas called themselves a DBU, uh, 331 yards passing. That's uh, that's tough. See, what's so embarrassing, I feel like, to me, is you – which I understand that Texas would probably have a good game plan against Alabama. That's fine. But why – I mean, you're going to throw all your cards on the table for one game, and then you can't stop Texas Tech. You can't have come up with a good game plan there to find a way to stop them. I, yeah. that, that's the thing that kind of that, – that frustrates me when I see that with coaches that prepare so well for just one game, and then after that it's just kind of like, well, you know, well – well, they just kind of brain fart the rest of the way out. Is this year two or year three for Sarkeesian in Texas? It's the second year. Okay, well, give them a break. But next year, yeah, next year, that's uh, there's going to be some it, questions look, that need to be answered. Yeah, I'll give them a break because their quarterback's still out. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I can't you know, give them a break for giving up 37 points to Texas Tech. So. Right, right. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, uh, let's move on then. How about Florida and Tennessee? Uh, a very good game. Tennessee coming out on top, 38-33. to Exactly what I wanted to, to see happen. I imagine Tennessee is now in the top 10 in the new AP poll. Let me pull it up here really quick. 
Yeah, and, uh, and that game was yeah, not number eight. five point. Yeah, number eight. That, that wasn't a five-point difference. Florida scored a garbage touchdown. Tennessee really easily won that by two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tennessee's offense looks good. Um, defense, you know, still a little questionable, but um, offense looks really good. The quarterback they have, too, he looks really solid, and I think um, Heupel's building a pretty good program over there. But, yeah. you know, maybe yeah, – Maybe this is crazy – you know, maybe Tennessee will actually play Alabama pretty close this year. They're at home. They've got yeah, a pretty maybe. good offense, good quarterback. Some Could this momentum. finally be yeah. the, to end the streak? What has it been, 20 years? It's been a long time. Uh, 2006, I mean, maybe? 2005, something okay, like so that. So almost 20 years. Um, yeah. I mean, you never know. Maybe they finally can put something together this year. I mean, heck, yeah. they had a chance on the road a couple of years ago. Remember that close game? It shouldn't have even been close. And they still oh, yeah. kind of... They had a chance in that one. That was the one. What was it? A QB sneaky dove, fumbled the ball, and Alabama took it back for a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned so the I, quarterback, Endon Hooker. He was 22 for 28, 349 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a touchdown on the ground, rushing for 112 yards, 13 carries. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's very good. So Yeah. So And there's that dual threat. You know, Like you said, that's one thing Alabama defense has struggled with over the years. Um, right. Maybe. You know, it's... So a lot of hearsay, especially with Tennessee playing Alabama, because it hasn't been a competition the past 16, 17 years. So, but I think this year finally, I feel like they can play Alabama close and have a shot. Yeah. There's and been many years, yeah. yeah, make it interesting because there's been years and years where it, it has not been an interesting game. Okay, well, last game we're going to briefly mention before we get into the Auburn game, which I'm sure Justin has a lot of opinions about. Ole Miss surviving Tulsa. Uh, number 16 Ole Miss, just barely mm. hanging on, 35-27. to 27. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this uh, this Ole Miss team is is up and down, aren't they? Dart, the quarterback, was 13 for 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and their uh, running back, Judkins, 27 carries, 140 yards, two touchdowns as well. I mean, yeah, they, uh, they got the win, but it didn't feel like one, for sure. So. No, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, it, yeah, it seems like Ole Miss looks like a strong team, and then it's like then you have this week with against Tulsa, and it's like, oh, I yeah. don't know. I mean, they may struggle with some other SEC teams, and then <laughs> same thing with Kentucky. I'll bring them up real quick. They beat Northern Illinois by eight points too. Yeah, um, that was a close one as well. Which Kentucky is probably very overrated. I mean, they're still in the top ten, which is a little absurd, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like to see Kentucky there, but. They're, they're still Kentucky. They still have a hard time recruiting. So, Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot more than nine teams that could beat Kentucky. But, you know, anyway. Let's get into the, the big one, though. The uh, the scare of the week, Auburn Jesus making his return. The Tigers <laughs> win 17-14 to over Missouri in a wild ending where Missouri, in overtime, was about to score call- – Crossing the end zone, but just a step before, holds out the ball in the wrong direction with the wrong hand. Elementary stuff, and uh, and fumbles and rolls into the back of the end zone for an Auburn win. Yeah, it's uh, that was a miracle, and I don't know. I've got some uh, some. I'm going to give Harson an award for this one later on, so I'll talk more about his role in this later. But just looking at everything that happened, of course. Uh, Finley was not able to play this week, so Ashford stepped in. He was 12 for 18, 127 yards. His QBR was a 43.7. But he did a little better, I guess, on the ground. 15 carries, only 46 yards, but he did get a touchdown at least. Uh, Outside of that, it was Bixby who got a touchdown. Only 44 yards on 19 carries. Not sure what's going on with the tank either, but maybe a little pause there for concern. As he's not a uh, the concern should be for the O line. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, well. I didn't mean for tank. I meant for the running game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he yeah he he doesn't really have any help, and he's going to end up getting injured if they don't figure something out. And I hate to say that. I hope that's not the case, but you can only run twenty times a game without a, an offensive line without breaking your leg at some point. So yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the defense did well enough to keep them to 14 points. It wasn't a a phenomenal, you know, 
effort by the defense, but you know they they were scoreless in the second half. Um, but the problem was, so was Auburn. So <laughs> locked at fourteen going into overtime. I don't know. That ending was was insane, and also so many Auburn fans. It seems like are mad they won that game because obviously they didn't. It, it didn't feel as though Auburn deserved it. They didn't. They weren't going to stop that touchdown from happening. It just happened to have been stopped on its own. And I know that uh, that Harson in the press conference, we have a, an email about this we're going to talk about later, was very uh, very easy, not only on himself, but on the team, saying it was a good good coaching, good effort all around. And I just I don't think that I agree with that. What about you? Oh, man, where to start? So, let's see, I watched the first game on my phone, and then... We were out on the lake yesterday, so we were listening to it on the radio the rest of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought when we went up 14 nothing, I was like, hey, you know, Ashford's finally getting a chance to be the only quarterback. Nobody's switching in and out. Um, got a good flow to the offense. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then that completely shut down after the first quarter. Um, the O-line is horrendous. Maybe the one of the worst O-line I've seen in a long time. It is absolutely Garbage. They couldn't block a 99-year-old lady if they could. It's terrible. Um, Ashford is running for his life. That's the only reason he probably needs to stay in there as quarterback because at least he can scramble around and get out of the, just get out of there, run for his yeah. life because Finley can't do that. Um, he's running for his life. There is no push on that O line for, for any uh, run play either. They are. Tank is stuffed at the line every single time. He has nowhere to go. And this we're talking about a Missouri defense that they gave up over 300 total yards to some, I think it was FCS school last week, and we couldn't even muster up 220 total yards today, let alone. Um, so the O-line is awful. You know, Ashford, he's good running around. He can't throw the ball, though. That's his issue. Um, wide receivers don't really get a chance. So I can't really say much about them. Defense, yeah, was fine. I'm, I'm still I'm very disappointed, though, from a lot of the hype that was going into about this defense, how good the D-line was supposed to be, the linebackers and secondary. Um, D-line does not look very good run game-wise. Uh, I feel like Missouri's yeah. was able to run the ball pretty easily. I think I know they only had 133 rushing yards, but there's still a lot of plays. I feel like there's some wide-open gaps. Um Derek Hall played good on the D-line, though. I think he had two or three sacks. Um, linebackers, I feel like I haven't heard Cam Riley in a while. He had a great first game, but since then he's kind of dropped off. I haven't heard him. Papo, I feel like he could play better. Um, secondary was okay today, which, I am I mean, I'm not surprised because I wasn't really expecting much from Missouri's quarterback. Um, but, man, I it's, you know, Auburn didn't win it. Missouri lost it. Is That's the saying right now. Auburn had no business. I mean, how do you miss? What do you miss? A twenty-five yard field goal there at the end, pushed it right. Uh, I don't know how you miss that. And then how do you yeah. just drop the ball reaching over the goal line? Um, <laughs> I was at that point. I was just like, man, maybe we'll just end up losing, and just so we just <laughs> go ahead and get the season over with. Yeah. Because you know, I appreciate the O. Oh, Happy-go-lucky Auburn fans. Hey, we're 1-0 and in SEC play. Yeah, we're 3-1. and Woo! And they're like, you shouldn't be down about this game. Of course I should be down about this game. I, I, these are the type of fans that are okay with Harson going in and saying, oh, you know, I'm proud of this team. We, you know, we coached well and we played well today. I shouldn't be saying that. Imagine if Saban was coaching this team. And that's, <laughs> that's the kind of performance you just had. I mean, he would be all over them. It would be terrible or really any other could Kirby smart too. But I mean, it feels like it's Gus all over again. Gus would say the same kind of crap, you know, after a so terrible really quickly, performance. Really quickly. Cause we're going to talk more about Gus compared to Harson in a minute. So we'll save that really quickly. What's your, your prediction just score for the LSU game hosting LSU next mm. week, 6 PM kickoff. And you know, LSU's not very good either, as we've seen, um, yeah. but they're much better than Auburn. So, I think. All right, students, gather. We're getting ready for Professor a heart attack Knight, there. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think LSU wins by two touchdowns or more. 
Okay. Well, we do need to go to Professor Knight, the quickest Professor Knight we've ever done. I need you to pick yeah, three cool. things and read them off real quick, Justin. So here we go. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. <laughs> what are we learning today, Professor? All right, we're just going to do sports facts of the day for September 25th, 2016. Uh, Roy McRoy, he won the FedEx Cup. Woo, nobody cares about it anymore. He's a big baby. He just complains all the time. Um, 2005, um, you had the, let's see, F1 championship where Fernando Alonso, he took third place to win the World Drivers' Championship. Good for him. And then, let's see... One more good one here. Oh, here we go. 2000 American basketball player Vince Carter jumps over seven foot two. Frederick Weiss. I don't know. In 2000 Summer Olympics, known in France as Le Dunk de la Mort or the Dunk of Death. That's very it. nice. Good stuff happening on this day in sports history. Well, we had to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to give out the biggest awards in the sports world, the TG Emmy. So stay tuned. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to give out the biggest weekly awards in the sports world, the TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Oh, good evening. My first award, Justin, is Biggest Yikes. And this could have went to a lot of teams this week, but instead of that, I thought I'd give it to one individual, someone who is uh, not even known in the college world. Until recently, this goes to a female Utah college student who either told a joke and it was taken too seriously and got out of hand, or she is a completely unhinged terrorist. <laughs> Who's to say? Oh. But a female Utah student, 21 years old, threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor if the Utes football team didn't win on Saturday. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Intense stuff. Justin, what's your award for us? Yeah. Um, mine is for, um, most clueless coaching staff and that goes to Auburn right now. <laughs> mm. uh, Why is that? Just, it, you can tell with the play calling and everything right now, it just doesn't look like anybody knows what they're doing. It, it's just kind of, it's disappointing to see, especially for the players too, that are, you know, you hope that they're working hard and it looks like they're working hard and then, you know, you get situations like this. So... And, I mean, you also could say just the hottest seat ever right now, and that would be Harson. I mean, he's been riding yeah. that hot seat for a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I've got two awards for best this week as well, as you had two awards. My first award for best of the week, Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know if you saw this, Justin. He was playing in Louis Vuitton cleats and wearing an Apple Watch during the game. Very, very <laughs> I did see, very I did see that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other best I have of the week is Stephen F. Austin beating Warner, a school I've never heard of, ninety-eight to nothing last night. Mm, yeah, I saw that too. Poor Warner. It's like a uh, a nineteen oh four score right there. That's uh, that's insane. That's like uh, an NCAA football kind of score right there. It is for sure. Bust of the week. No surprise. Harson racking up this week for likely having to cancel his room at a nice resort somewhere for next weekend, as it seems he will have to coach for Auburn at least one more week. After Mizzou fumbled, gave Auburn the win. He also doesn't get his $15 million so fast now and won't be on vacation next week. So I hate that for him. I'm sure he had a, a nice room booked somewhere that he's now having to uh, to postpone. That's too bad. Yeah, Justin, okay. though, it is time that we move on to the last segment of the day. Listener letters. Go getters, write letters. We're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. And if you'd like to write us a letter, you can do so by typing an email out to gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod or the Game Managers. Just send us a message there. This first one comes from Greg. What does Jimbo Fisher have to do to actually get fired at A&M? Very good question, I think. Well, I don't, um, I'm not sure I have the answer to either. What is no. his buyout right now? I mean, I'll it's got to be way up there. Is it like 42000 or something like that? 
42,000. Uh, I mean a million, sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, you got to fire him right now. No, it's uh, it's significantly more than that. It is, let's see here, it is 95.6 million. If he was fired that's without class on December 1st, that's at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, that's the buyout. Uh, nothing. Um, he could kill a man, and he's gonna get. He's gonna be there. You they're not gonna pay that. I mean, yeah. So last season, his buyout was forty five point six million mm, sure for 2020, 2021 and it's been doubled. Yeah. So now Ooh. he would have to go. He'd have to have another eight and five season this year, which more than likely that that's what's gonna happen. And then next year, with another, if he gets, somehow gets another top recruiting class. Um, yep. He'd have to have a losing record, probably yeah. to be fired. And at I that think point. he'd also have there'd have to be some kind of serious allegation come out where they can fire him without cause. Almost, yeah, still. yeah. I mean, that's it, a lot, if he somehow it'd be the biggest, even if it was only, even if it was like what it was a while ago when it was eighty five point six million, that's still the biggest buyout of all time by far. Yeah, that's crazy. Now a has got yeah. the money. Now it's not smart yeah. money. Um. But yeah, he'd have to, like I said, have eight and five this year. Maybe if he says has like a seven and six or eight and five next year, uh, the year after that as well, and then maybe another average or losing season. Maybe they could fire him in you know three years. But right. I mean, it it have to just be average season after average season when you're getting all these top recruits and you're not doing anything with them. I agree. Uh, our other letter comes from Josh. And this one we were talking about earlier. Whose press conferences are more painful, Harson's or Malzahn's? They're mm-hmm. very similar, actually, I would say. Which is very disappointing because when Harson, yeah. Harson first got there last year, you can kind of see there's a different tone. It was kind of he wanted to build a different culture. You know, he wasn't satisfied with just you know the minimal effort. Went, you know, wanted the best out of all his players, but now. It's kind of seeming like he's resorting back to a Malzahn kind of approach of, oh, you know, yesterday was absolutely off. One of the worst offensive games I've watched or just listened to, I I don't know when. It's It was terrible. Um, yeah. And it was just, oh, no, coaches, great job, great performance, great job by the, the, uh, by the players. Yeah, we won the game, great job. It wasn't a, man, we got to do a better job. Play calling, offensive play calling was so predictable. That the defense knew what was coming every single time on first down. Um, defense could be better, uh, but no, it was just it was I was satisfied, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, I get the decision to do that after when the entire public is dogging you and all your fans are dogging you. I get, I get saying, okay, well, it's not as bad as it seems. Come on, guys, let's we're capable of this. But it's also it's they're not. I don't think the players believe it either. I wouldn't believe if I was sitting in that locker room and everyone's telling me I suck except for my coach, who also is being told he sucks. I'd probably be like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe we're maybe we're not in the right direction. I don't think that press conference, <laughs> yeah. that press conference isn't like isn't powerful enough for me to to think differently. Now, if he came out and he gave like a very impassioned. Hey, look! I know today wasn't our best performance, but I know these guys. They are capable. We are going to go out there. We're going to win. And it was very, you know, very much in support of his guys, and I believe it. But this almost feels more like a, an exhausted, tired, just bottom of the Fire barrel defense. Yeah, just just the, <laughs> the the smallest amount of defense you can give against these claims that you're no good at your job, that your team's no yeah. good. Yeah, pay me yeah, that yeah. money. Yeah, maybe get excited about it, or I don't know. It's uh, yeah, I think it's another thing people are upset too. You know, we just got blown out by Penn, by an average Penn State team, um, right. and it, I guess it's his demeanor too. It almost it kind of seems like a easy back doesn't really care kind of attitude at the yeah. moment. I yeah. think is what a lot of people are picking up right now. Which, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I would have a different approach to it, but I'm not a head football coach, so. Yeah, and Nick Saban, there has been anything. There have been poor performances where Nick Saban has a similar approach at times. Yeah. However, there is a there's he's earned that. He's earned where if he thinks, yeah, look, we we didn't have a great game, but these guys are capable. Yeah, you believe him because he's Nick Saban. I don't think Harson yeah. has earned that. That you know no. to be able to, to do that just yet. To be able to yeah. say that yet. <laughs> right. 
Um, I just don't think, like, I didn't believe it. I didn't buy it. It just felt lazy, like he didn't want to be there, and like he was just ready to get out. And he probably was. I would be too. But um, it doesn't You know what good. I'm tired of seeing too? And yeah. maybe it's just, you know, the way I view things. And like I said, could be a worthless opinion. Probably is. But I'm tired of seeing we have this big old celebration locker room where people just throwing water everywhere and just, you know, Harson's getting water thrown all over and I'm thinking man you know I, I'd be happy that I won but I wouldn't be celebrating like this like I just no. barely I, I didn't I didn't win I didn't win yeah. this game I didn't deserve exactly. to win it they did the same thing against San Jose State too when they just won by eight points um and I'm just like you know act like you've done it before you know what I mean I that's understand. how that's how teams that's how teams that like have that have losing records and then the next year start winning games react. Not how, yeah. not how a, a, an Auburn should, should act. I feel a program. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, you know, Auburn doesn't have a history like some of these other big tier programs, but we have a good history, a good winning oh, history yeah. of one national better than most, better than, yeah, better than most, most colleges. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I hate the attitude of, you know, where you got to act crazy like this after winning the game. No, it should be, Hey, we were expected to win this game. We didn't play as well. Um, right. We should have played better. Let's look to next week and be better that next week. I'm not going to celebrate like a maniac after winning this game. Um, well, speaking that's just my week, attitude towards it. I think that's a fair attitude to have as well. And I think that's uh, I think that's one of the things that's rubbing fans the wrong way about Brian Harson. But like I said, speaking of next week, we will be back next week as well as we come back to review Auburn LSU, Alabama, and Arkansas, as well as any other big games of the week. So be sure to check back in with us then, right here on WJLX 101.5 and on all podcast apps. Until then, we will see you next week. Yeah, and I'll just make a quick prediction. Let's see. Auburn's got LSU and then Georgia after that, correct? That's that's right. I believe so. So give Harson two weeks and then he's gone. Oh, all right. Well, God. (laughs) <laughs> good night everyone i guess except for brian arson then. <laughs> hey i love auburn don't take this the wrong way wiggle anyways blue 42 blue 42 hut, hut, hike. thank you for listening to the game managers like the show on facebook twitter and instagram at tgm pod until next week goodbye adios and sayonara